It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP podcast time. It's Talk LP podcast time. I'm Amber Bradley here with Captain Richard Phillips. So if anyone who doesn't know your story, which would be crazy, Captain Phillips was the captain of the Maersk, Alabama cargo ship that got hijacked by Somali pirates off the coast of Somalia in 2009. Then, if that wasn't scary enough, taken hostage in a lifeboat for five days with those Somali pirates. Welcome, Captain Phillips. Well, good to be here. Happy Labor Day to you, Amber. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you and get a small glimpse of what your keynote's gonna be like at the Restaurant Loss Prevention Association Conference in March, March 15th through the 18th. We've got to put a plug in there for it because this is going to March be awesome. 16th, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, okay, getting right into this, this is an incredible story. I told you I was totally fangirling out and you're like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because how cool um, that they made a movie about this ordeal, right? So with Tom Hanks, totally cool as as the person playing you were you surprised they picked tom hanks uh, i i really am uh you know when it first started i didn't think there would be a movie at all i i was saying uh when they asked me who who would they want to play me in a movie i said well uh queen latifah or uh <laughs> or, or someone like that i really didn't think it would be made uh yeah. you know there's so many uh movies out there so i was uh glad to hear that tom hanks great actor great person uh you know, the, the dad for America. Yeah, absolutely. But so your story is just absolutely incredible. So we have to tell people if they haven't seen the movie, they have to go see it before they come see you in person at RLPSA because it's it's incredible. So let's or read about, the book. The book's always yes, better. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, so so when you think about leadership right and a lot of your talks it, it talks about trust and building trust with your crew and and so they can trust you as their captain and talk about you know in, in situations like this you know trust had to be key so talk a little bit about that especially for our listeners when they're dealing with loss prevention teams and the retail environment especially in the 2020 that we're in trying to keep the faith with their leadership Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's one thing I always talk about. It's something I never really set out to be a leader. Uh, it's just something as I uh, w w went up in my career and I raised ranks, it's, it's, it's something, you, something you deal with. And, and really, everyone's a leader, uh, no matter what level you're at. Uh, there's people to lead below and above you. Uh, and I think that's uh, sometimes the most important people to help lead the people who are in charge of you. Uh, but no, in the Merchant Marine, uh, we, we frequently change out crews. So it would be like in, in your office uh, where 10% uh, of your crew change out every two weeks. So you, you, you could imagine the cohesion you would lose. Uh, and, and it's really a matter of trust in the beginning. Uh, we're based on a military structure. So you basically have to trust the guy that comes in. You don't know who he was. You may never have met him before, uh, but he attained that level. So you have to trust him in the beginning. And I, I think for me as a captain, uh, uh, I, I have to lead uh, by example. I think that's still, still true today. So in order for them to gain trust in me, 
uh, after they've known me uh, and worked together, uh, I think you, you have to act appropriately. You have to show them that you, uh, you, you don't constantly harp on the mistakes because they're always going to happen. You have to also, I think, uh, help them along. You have to also find your replacement. That's one thing on chips we, we do uh, because we want to try and move those good people up. And I think it's the same in your offices, how teamwork is stressed. Uh, and I think the most important thing in teamwork is cohesion and communication. And communication is really the key uh, by that leader and by the subordinates or pe pe people who work under them. So initially on the ships, you have to trust the license that the person has, the certificates that they have. And after that, you, you get to see it. But it usually will take, I used to say, it would take a month for everyone to fall into place, learn their job on that ship because every ship's different. Uh, true sailors, which are still out there, can walk on a ship day one and, 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 and be productive. And that's how you see. And, and the other thing that I've learned is a lot of times we don't understand how much people in our, on our team do until we lose them. And sometimes you'll see whether it be a, a cook, a steward, a DMAC, a chief engineer, or a chief mate, you can see that, wow, we've really fallen back. Uh, I didn't understand how much that person did, how much they helped, how much they led. So it's, I, I think it's important, as I said, to bring up the person who will lead your group not just you, but also will, will lead the group underneath you. And I think the only way you get that is by working together, communicating, and it takes time. But on our ships, we don't have time. We have to just get, get right to work. Uh, so it's a, a, I think it's a little more important to do it as quick and soon as you can. Build the reports, meet the people, know their names. I think it's important to know people's names so, so they understand and help them. Uh, I think you have to step in. Some people may call it, uh, you know, be, being a little controlling or something, but you cannot let your people fail because their failures are your failures. Yeah, and you have to walk on a ship, I mean, in a very short amount of time, you know, understand and trust and lead you know, a totally brand new crew. So you talk about communication and that was certainly was depicted in your story. So, so many valuable points, right? Like you were communicating with your crew, but then also you had, it, it showed you getting to know these pirates to where almost like they trusted you. Uh, it was, it was incredible. So talk a little bit about that because I think you know, a lot of times our audience, you know, you're, you're dealing with a political environment inside a organization and trying to build the trust. And clearly uh, under your circumstances, the stress is immense, was terrifying and immense um, with armed pirates uh, right in your face. But, but how did you do that? I mean, just calm your sense to be able to, to communicate in an effective way with people that you have nothing in common, seemingly. Well, I, again, I guess that's through my 35 years of sailing in the Merchant Marine. I, I've, I've had to do that for my 25 years as a captain, get to know people. And even when you're uh, a second mate or third mate or on the team on the lower levels, you still have to know, uh, know the people. So I think it's important when person, people would come on the ship, I would always make the point, uh, as long as I could, which was 90% of them, uh, if I didn't know them, to meet them and sit down for 20 minutes uh, under the guise of signing on, getting their certificates, asking questions, health questions, you know, maybe a little personal questions, you know, just to get, to, to get an idea. And the other thing is, uh, you know, 
the first impressions, which we all make, we can't always go by them. It's much like what I said about grudges. We can't hold grudges as leaders, and we can't hold first impressions against people. Uh, people have surprised me, uh, usually not in the best way, but uh, people have surprised me in good ways. And again, communication is not all uh, uh, verbal. You know, it's also uh, body language and things like that. And uh, the communication I got when I got on the ship was my ship was not ready for that type of situation. Uh, and that was just looking around, much like you saw in the movies. I would usually walk around the ship before I would go up to the captain's office. I learned you don't learn a lot in the captain's office. You got to have uh, boots on the ground. So I was always, I would always get out of my office for six hours a day uh, just to go out and see what's going on with the guys, where they are, and, and help out because I'm I'm also a safety officer. I'm also a medical officer, and you know uh, to keep our guys safe. As I said, we came with ten fingers, ten toes. Hopefully, we leave with ten fingers, ten toes. So you have to be involved to ensure your team is there, and to make sure on a daily basis that your team is is going toward the right direction. And as I said. Uh, on the ships, I always said it's like uh, uh, the the old stories of uh, Sisyphus pushing that rock up up the mountain. Well, you push the rock up the mountain, up the mountain, you get to the top, and it falls down the other side, and you start again. And 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 that's just part of the uh, uh, thing. I think the body language communication. My crew could see that I took this serious, uh, and, and I think they did. And and thank God we did that drill because I firmly believe without that drill, it would have been an entirely different story. I don't think there would have been a movie. Uh, and uh, it would have been a different story. So, so that's what I take back. It really isn't what I did during the incident. It's what I did before the incident that dictated the positive outcome. And my crew went above and beyond the training that, that we went through. We did go through boardings. We did go through safe rooms, uh, what to do if not in a safe room, what to do if caught. We talked about those things, but you can never truly be prepared to actually go through an incident. But uh, I think my crew was prepared. They had a foundation that allowed them to go on their own. And, and isn't every good leader, uh, truly good leader, able to uh, uh, talk about th their team? and how well they did uh, because they did well you helped train them but they did the job and and they did a great job and and made a positive outcome for them and myself yeah some key points there definitely preparation ownership of the job right nothing is where you're like well that's not my job certainly it's just jumping in with both feet and um yeah, that, that's incredible. You talked about being prepared on your ship. And I think when, when people read the book and they, they watch the movie, they're like, well, why, why didn't they have guns on board, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people ask that, especially if you're not familiar with maritime law, but I'm sure you get that question a lot. And so, so I want to ask you that, but also, so has, have things changed since then? Because I know yours was one of the first attacks of many that year um, by first pirates. First American attack. Uh, international ships, uh, matter of fact, they just let a ship go today, five years after it was taken. So it's still going oh on God. today. I was the first American ship. I was lucky enough to come from America to be a U.S. citizen where uh, you can see how much effort they put in. I look back at the Navy, three ships, airplanes, and it's something the SEALs have told me. He goes, you know, we were just the point of the spear. We did our job without the intelligence, without the the transportation, the planes, the boats, the service, the ma maintenance, uh, they wouldn't have been able to do their job. So even they, uh, after the incident, of course, uh, 
all of them to a man, even the ones who were involved in the operation said, it wasn't that hard of a job. Anybody could have done it. Any SEAL could have done it. But we couldn't have done it without the Navy, the Air Force, the intelligence, uh, uh, and everything else that, that's behind them. I, I think it's one thing I take. And I think when you see the end of the movie, it really hits me. How much effort uh, Americans put, put forth for Americans? You won't see that anywhere else. Yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And we were, you know, you're, you're sitting there watching that and just wondering how you even survived five days in that tiny little boat. It's just, I know you're used to it as a, as a captain going up the ranks, but man, that had to be just insane. I mean, you know, talk a little bit about being in there for five days. It's just, it doesn't even seem possible, especially given the stress and, and no food and just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, as every third mate and third engineer knows, on Sundays, we usually did our safety days. So that's where we ran the boats, check the food, check the water, clean it up, air out the thing, except for the smell and the food. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Uh, the heat was terrible for me. I, I hate the heat. And, and for me, I, I was just really in problem solving mode, uh, to be honest. Uh, in the lifeboat, it slowed down. But uh, I was just really in problem-solving mode. I said, we got to get out of this situation. My crew was, had gotten out of it. My ship has gotten out of it. So I was the third of the tri triumvirate. Uh, I had to get myself out of it. I felt fairly confident I, I could. Uh, I felt I just had to be patient. Now, it, it, was, it was tough in there. There were, there were a few... Uh, uh, bad times, uh, of course, but, you know, the things my parents has said to me really carried me through. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my mother, uh, this too shall pass. She used to tell me that a lot. Uh, and so I kept saying that. That was my little mantra. And and my, and my father, he says, he, he used to berate me often. Uh, you know, if you're going to do something, do it right. Uh, he put more words and adjectives in there, but that's what I'll say. Uh, do it right or don't do it at all. And so I said, I'm just gonna do the best I can. I have no control uh, out of the outcome and I'm not gonna worry about what I can't control. Again, it's just becoming uh, comfortable with uncertainty, which everybody uh, in the RLFPSA knows we just went through nine months of uncertainty uh, and we've had to live with it. And we've also had to do our jobs and go through life still and, and act in a certain way. Again, that, that's leadership by example that everyone's done. They've had to uh, live with, uh, you know, that unknowing what's going to happen next, all these changes. And, and it's something that I think we, uh, when you go through a tough time, uh, it's something people have come and told me, and I agree with it entirely. He says, you know, I wouldn't wish that this on anybody, uh, but I'm glad I went through it. Uh, because I learned something about me and I learned things about uh, about life that, uh, that that will help me further. So, and many people have told me, those aren't my words, those are the people who come and talk to me. Some had kids with cancer, some went through 9-11, some were in Afghanistan, some were kidnapped themselves. But they all say something you said really connected with me and, 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 and that's sort of what helped them get through. Uh, and, and, and that's what they told me. And I, I agree with it. Uh, you know, it's a tough time. No one want to go through it, but you, you, you get to learn some things about yourself and, and how strong you are. Yeah, that's, that's incredible um, perspective for sure. Uh, so when you think about, you know, you talked about the coordinated efforts and, and how unbelievable that the SEALs came to get you. I mean, did you know, I mean, sitting there like, okay, Clearly that everyone's knowing, know, knows what's happened. You had made some radio calls. 
did you know, I mean, that the strength of that uh, Navy was just coming to get you so forcefully? Uh, no, uh, to, to be honest, once I got, once I got in that lifeboat, uh, you know, I did the mental math, Navy's too far away. They aren't going to be able to help me. And like every merchant Marine, we know once we leave port, we're on our own. It's just us. So uh, that, that's the attitude I took. Again, not knowing the outcome, we're just going to uh, do, 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 uh, do the best we could, uh, I could. Uh, so, so as far as once in the lifeboat, I knew nothing about uh, the media that was going on. I knew nothing about what was going on. I would catch glimpses out the aft vertical hatch and I would see uh, the Navy ships, the three Navy ships. And at times I would see uh, captain's gigs with a, uh, it looked like a bosun mate and uh, another bosun mate woman on the front. Uh, and I'll go, where the heck am I? In Subic Bay? Am I, uh, uh, you know, and w meanwhile, the pirates are telling me they work for the Navy and also my company. So they were telling me strange things and I'm looking out the window and the Navy's right there. And it goes, uh, so I, I was questioning w w where I was because I really didn't know anything. And again, it goes back to uncertainty. I didn't know about the Navy SEALs. I thought, uh, imagine that, getting Navy SEALs 8,000 miles away within a day. Uh, that, that's pretty unbelievable what it takes to do that. Uh, and I didn't know the SEALs were there. I, I laughed, there were a few humorous times on the boat. And I can remember the first time that they came to the to, to the lifeboat in, in their in their rib boat, their rigid inflatable boat. And I remember watching them approach and uh, this poor looked like a lieutenant. He was in khakis, clean shaven, certainly not a SEAL. Uh, and he had two guns in his face, two AK-47s by the pirates as they approached. Came a little fast, it jiggled the boat. Everyone got a little nervous, you know, and there's this poor guy. I say, boy, he must be like 26 years old. And his boss sent him out to talk to two guns. And I was feeling sorry for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, I didn't know that they, they, they were they were Navy SEALs. And they told me later, yeah, uh, because what they asked me is they uh, they where do you relieve yourself? And I start laughing. I says they're not going to let me do that. And he goes, yeah, we want you to come out in the back end. We grab you and then shoot them. I said they weren't going to let me get out of that lifeboat. <laughs> so we sort of laughed and said I can't do that. Uh, but it, it it was just sort of the things that I was thinking. And this poor guy has to face two guns, and I didn't know he was a a, a Navy SEAL. Well, not many people I think would be feeling bad for someone else when they were in your situation. So that's, that's incredible. And you talked a little bit about the uncertainty piece. And I think everybody at this time, you know, is feeling a little kicked in the gut by 2020. Um, knowing situations are all relative, right? We don't have AK-47s in our face. But you think yeah. about, you know, uncertainty of 2020 and how people deal with that. And, and you certainly have a mental toughness um, that you've, you've stated some of the reasons why, you know, you have that clearly from how you were brought up and some fantastic parents for sure. But, yes. you know, talking about the uncertainty piece, just a little bit more about, you know, the kind of how people can really get through the uncertainty of 2020. Now it looks like there's, you know, sunshine on the horizon. We're talking about a fantastic in-person conference in March of 2021, but talk a little bit about that. I think, you know, your, your situation couldn't be you know, more uncertain. And then you, you're so selfless in making sure your crew and your ship were fine. And you knew that's what you had to do to get into that lifeboat with those pirates, you know, and making that uncertain decision. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think it's just something, especially this year, but truly we've always had to put up with uncertainty. 2020 definitely is a different year and everybody's, uh, you know, hearing different information, the information changes, the dates change, you know, what's happening change. But, and that's why I say it's very important to stick with what you can control. Uh, and as far as the, the future, you have to make your best guess with the information you have, but, but, but make it your guess. Uh, you know, I, I think our gut uh, is very helpful. I, I really went what I, what I thought my gut and my common sense uh, guided me. Uh, that's what I tried to do. So I think it's important to go with your gut. Uh, and, and leave that personality out of that decision making, l leave that, uh, the fears, uh, you know, the, the threats, the, the, the things that, that might happen. And don't let that confuse your, your, your decision making, because I think, it, I, can, I think it can lock you up and, and, and make you do things. I've been in a, more than a few emergency situations. And it's one thing I learned, uh, the guy you think is a rock, who's going to do everything right. You can leave him alone. He's well-trained. He's going to crumble. Uh, and the guy you think you have to keep an eye on, whether he does it on purpose or not, he's going to do something to, to make it, make the situation better. And, that, and that's one thing I learned. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, uh, you know, I felt good for my ship. I knew my ship was still in danger. My crew was still in danger mm -hmm. the, until the Marines got on there to protect them. But, but I knew that they were capable. And, and, and that's one thing I, I think a leader has to do. You have to make sure your people are capable to take over. You are not, I am not entangled in the ship. I, I am not required. That's one, one thing we learn on the ship. No one is, uh, you know, uh, it has to be there. We can all do our jobs and, 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 and work, work, work together. So I think when going through these things, control what you can, control what you do, control what your family does, what your team does. Uh, and just remember, especially at these times, because it's one thing that went through me in the lifeboat too. Remember what they're going through. It's not just you. You have to think about what they're going through and what their worries and, and what their frets are all about in their life. And uh, I, I tried to work against it with the pirates, but I think with your team, you know, find out what there are. You know, little things uh, can, can really uh, build loyalty. Uh, to, for you and your team by doing little things uh, hour early, uh, go get your kids, you, you know, uh, things that happen in life to all of us. A little consideration really goes a long way for loyalty, trust, and for teamwork. This is phenomenal. So we're going to leave it there because I know people are going to go right and uh, be like, okay, RLPSA, we're going to come see Captain Phillips. They hear the rest March of what 16, you have to say. 2021. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. We are so. Thanks again for spending some time with us at Talk LP today. We really appreciate it. I got to tell you, you are a phenomenal person. I don't think they could have asked for a better uh, captain on that ship that day. Certainly to get in that little boat is just un unbelievable. Um, it's just unbelievable. So, oh, it's something I like to say. Uh, most of the captains out there could do what I did, and it's just significant of the Merchant Marine. It wasn't me, just like the SEALs. I'll take the SEALs route. Any one of them could have done it with a little training, a little forethought, a little boots on the ground, a little knowing their team. Anyone could have done it. I am nothing special. I'm average. Well, certainly uh, you're a perfect depiction of leadership <laughs> and how humble a, a fantastic leader is. So Captain Phillips, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you in person at RLPSA in Orlando 2021. Thanks so much.
Thank you. Have a good Labor Day.